if Apple chooses in their sole and absolute power to squash us now, there's literally nothing we can do but take it. Hello there from Bedford, UK. How are you all? Welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Kraken. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've got a bonus interview with David Hansen from Basecamp to discuss whether Apple is abusing their monopoly position with regards to their recent rejection of Basecamp's new email app, Hey. But before that, I do have a quick message from my show sponsors. This is a short show, so I'm just going to do a little shout out to my sponsors. So first up, we have BlockFi, the future of Bitcoin and financial services, Bitcoin loans and interest accounts available at BlockFi.com. We have Kraken, the best place to buy, sell and trade Bitcoin. You can find out more at Kraken.com or download the app from the Apple or Google app stores. We've got Sportsbet, it's the gaming site which accepts Bitcoin. So with football back, if you want to get a bet in, head over to sportsbet.io to find out more. And Casa, the best in Bitcoin security. To protect your Bitcoin and get peace of mind, head over to keys.casa. Okay, so onto the show today and we have David Hansen, the founder and CTO of Basecamp. And this week, Apple rejected an update from Basecamp's new email app, Hey, saying they had to allow people to subscribe within the app, which would subject them to Apple's 30% tax on subscription fees. So this is a bit of a different episode. And while we don't get into Bitcoin, it is something I did want to cover, as sometimes I am talking to libertarians about free markets. And monopoly power is one thing I've struggled to understand in the world of monopolies. Um, There certainly are situations where companies abuse their monopoly power. And it was something I got into with Michael Goldstein in the interview I did with him when I was talking about Uber's abusive behavior in India. That's a show definitely worth checking out. I'm yet to see a conclusive argument for how a free market does deal with monopoly abuse. I've been watching videos. I've just watched one with Milton Friedman interview about this, but this predates the current tech revolution, which I think creates a different type of monopoly. So I think it's an important area to discuss and understand. And I think David does a great job of laying this all out. Um, and I'm sure some of you will have answers to me. Definitely, if you're a libertarian, you've probably got some answers to how the free market deals with monopolies. So I'd love to hear from you. You can email me. It's hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Also, if you want to check out my other show, Defiance, there's a bunch of interesting stuff there at the moment. Just head over to defiance.news. Anyway, I will catch up with you during the week. David, hi. How are you doing? It must have been a crazy 24 hours for you. Yeah, it's funny. We just released a book um, a year and a half ago called It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work, but it's been totally crazy at work. Oh, man. I remember I remember when I used to have an advertising agency. We used to use your products, and I remember like the background. A lot of it was about work-life balance, right? Yeah, we've been a proud, calm company for about 20 years, and we've been trying to share that... Um, perspective both in writing and and elsewhere um so it's it is a little ironic here we're launching our new product and i mean launching a new product is always a little bit stressful but we just uh apple just took that stress up about a hundredfold well i know a little bit about this about five six years ago when i had my agency it was in london I was dealing with a company who tried to enter into the book market into the and it was an app via their phone but they couldn't allow people to buy the books within the app because if they bought within the app the 30 percent tax meant they would either sell them at a loss or they would not be price competitive with ibooks so i know a little bit about this era but i'm gonna i'm gonna take from you because i know this is from you tell me what happened over the last 24 hours like you've been working on hay for a couple of years i actually got a thing come through from product hunt very exciting tell me what happened Yes, yeah, so we've been working on Hey, our new email service, for about two years. And on Friday, 
We were just getting ready for our big launch, which was on Monday. So last Friday, we submitted the app that we'd been working on for almost a year, I think maybe even a little more, through TestFlight, which is Apple's sort of internal distribution kit. And then when you're ready to release it to the brand or to the public, you put it through the review process. And we put it through. We'd done everything. We'd studied the rules. We've been in the App Store for years as well. We sort of know what you're supposed to do and what you can't do. So we submitted the app, and it was approved right away almost. And we were like... Like, oh, it's always a little nail-biting. We never, But we legitimately did not think that there was any risk here. That we were just like, this is going to sail through. We're doing exactly what we've done with Basecamp, our other main product. We're doing exactly the same thing as Gmail or Fastmail or Outlook or other email clients. This is going to be fine. And it was fine. V10 is available in the App Store right now. Then it got to be Monday, and we started rolling out the app. And we had found some bugs over the weekend. There have been some reports and like, oh, we're going to fix a few things. We're going to push out a new version of the app to the app store. And we push it out and it's denied. And we're like, what? That didn't, what do you mean? It was just approved on, on Friday. Oh, I'm sure this is just a mistake. Let's just try to submit it again with the clarification of why the denial doesn't make any sense. So we submit it again, denied. I'm like, what? What's going on? Then we get a call from Apple or someone in the app store telling us essentially, no, the denial is correct. Actually, our mistake wasn't to deny you. Our mistake was to approve you. It's like, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, unless you start paying us 30% of all the revenue that you, you make through these apps, we're going to kick you out of the app store. They didn't say kick you out of the app store, but there weren't a lot of euphemisms here. Usually when you get a shakedown, there's like, well, our partnership would be better for mutual parties if we both agreed to... No, no, no. It was, hey, please commit to a timeline by which you will start paying us 30% of all this revenue or ultimately we're going to have to remove you from the app store. And that was where we went like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Like, We've been under the App Store rules for a very long time. The main clause that they hinge all this on is called 311, which talks about what you can and what you can't do in terms of selling and in-app and so on. That's been the same for a long time. We're pushing out new uh, updates to our Basecamp app on a regular basis. It's subject to the same rules. There are no problems. We're doing exactly the same thing, which is we have an app in the App Store that you can't sign up for the service through the app. It basically just, it's a login screen when you download it. When you do log into it, you can't see if you're on a trial or not. You can't upgrade the app. You can't see any billing information. There are no links to the fact that this is essentially a paid service because that's the sort of rules that Apple have had for years, that this was the tacit agreement. This is why you can't download books in, in the Kindle um, app or, or on Audible. It's this weird, confusing dance. It's why when you download the Netflix app, you can't sign up for Netflix in the app. They tell you, sorry, real bummer, can't sign up, come back when you have. And even Netflix, of all people, they can't even link to their sign-up site. They have to go with these weird words telling people essentially, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you got to go to the web to sign up. So we had done all of those things. We were prepared. So to get this denial that flew right in the face of the precedence that we had at our own company, we're doing this, we've been doing it for years. 
was just astounding when we said, like, Apple, like, listen, this is not consistent at all. Like, look at all these other email apps that are just like us. Look at what we're doing at Basecamp. We're already doing this. We're not interested in talking about other apps. This is about this case. This is the only thing that, that matters. Commit to a timeline or you're going to get kicked off the store. But even that's bullshit, right? Because if you think about it, they are forcing you to change an interface to almost hide the fact that there is a paid-for product. So it sounds to me they're playing, they're playing the UX game, right? They know the UX sucks to, to have to go out to another. Look, it sucks for me. Every time I want to get a book in Audible, it is a bit of a pain. And I know I will always go to, historically, I might have to change my practice now to support people like you, but like I will always go to iBooks first just because of the pain of Kindle. Just because yes. it's a pain. And th this is what is so frustrating. Apple has already such an advantage through their monopoly, right? We're competing with Apple now that we're offering uh, an email service. Email is something that Apple has bundled as part of their iCloud subscription. So we're going head on against Apple right now. When you buy a new iPhone, the Mail app is pre-installed. Apple's own app is pre-installed. You can't even – I don't even believe you can remove it. And if you can remove it, you certainly can't – designate another application to be sort of the default mail app, right? It's just Apple has all this advantage. They have all this territory that's very well defended. And we've said, okay, okay, mercy. We accept all those things. We're going to make our iOS app kind of shitty because it's going to be a closed door when you download the app. It's not a good user experience. We're going to do everything you ask us. Just let us do our thing. We'll get our own customers. We're not... That's the other thing here. If, if Apple was somehow sending tens of thousands of customers our way, okay, maybe like a referral fee, something, something, right? Already, though, 30% outrageous. But something could be reasonable. But we're not even asking for that. We're not asking for any placement. We're not asking for anyone to find us through the app stores and then get signups that way. No, we're doing the hard work ourselves. We're using the web. We're using our platforms to promote this stuff. So... We're not getting any help from Apple. Apple's already in extremely hostile territory for other mail apps. And now they say like, oh, yeah, and also 30% of your business or you're out. Come on. Yeah. I mean, this is that bullshit. is just such a shakedown. It's such a gangster approach to it. And it feels like it's just connected to a bigger narrative here, which is Apple's iPhone hardware business has peaked. Like, they're not selling exponentially more phones every year, right? So there's this mm -hmm. big narrative, which is the pivot to services. Like, new growth for Apple comes through services. A big part of those services is the App Store. They're, they're, they're fond of bragging. Oh, hundreds of millions of dollars have gone through the App Store, right? Like, this is where they see growth. So I'm not actually that surprised in the sort of bureaucratic trickle-down sense that there are now some managers who go like, you know what? Let's tighten the screws. It'll be a little easier to meet the quarterly goals if, hey, we can shake down a few more apps for 30% of their revenue. Let me ask you something. I wonder if, and tell me if you've thought about this, I wonder if this whole pandemic and lockdown has had anything to do with it, with stores closed, people not out maybe buying as much. And you know what these companies are like. It's all growth, growth, growth. Despite the fact that Apple just leaves hundreds of billions in banks around the world not doing anything, but it's all growth, growth, growth. I wonder if they've thought this is an area that we can drive growth while people are locked in their homes. Because you know, we're all stuck on our phones using them right day in, day out. I wonder if it's got anything to do with that. I'm sure that whatever the underlying motivations, the sort of the facts are clear that Apple has a monopoly 
on the mobile phones or they're part of a duopoly together with Google. But in terms of the iPhone, there's, there's a monopoly. They control all of it. And this is what monopolies do. If you look back at Microsoft at the peak of their power and arrogance in the late 90s, they were the worst Right? They were totally abusive. Every other minor software developer were petrified of them. That What were they going to do with Windows? What they did to Netscape, cutting off the air supply and ultimately getting uh, a Department of Justice investigation on their, their, their tails, was part of that. Right? Like Once you realized, you know what? We can do whatever we want. And no one can do anything. Like, what are we going to do? Some of the stuff I've heard on Twitter is like, well, you could just like, not go on the Apple platform. Do you know of any successful male clients that are not on the most popular uh, mobile platform in the U.S.? I don't. Like, it, it's not realistic. This is something you can say when someone doesn't have a monopoly or is not part of a duopoly, right? You can say, hey, if there were like five different app stores and they all had the option of, of supplying software to the iPhone, totally say that. You say, like, well, just go to the other guy, which is exactly where we are with payment processing otherwise. Right? It's a fiercely mm-hmm. competitive market if you want to process a credit card. We only pay between 1.8 and I think it's 2.4% to process a credit card because it's such a competitive market. I'm constantly getting uh, a sales lead from people like, hey, are you interested in changing your credit card processor? Right? Like, We can give you another 10 basis points. Apple has been charging 30% for like a decade and it hasn't moved. There is no competitive pressure whatsoever on Apple. They sit on a nice fat monopoly, and now they've just realized, you know, we can just we can turn the screws a little more. Let's just turn them up a little more. What are they going to do? Where are they going to go? They're not going to go anywhere. They're just going to shut up and pay. Well, we didn't shut up, and we're not going to pay. Yeah, good, and, and we're going to get into that. But, but it also sucks because there's certain businesses out there, they almost know off the bat, right, we, we've got to lose yes. 30% of our revenue. 30% and, and of our revenue. Work. No, and it doesn't. I mean, it's it's it's, it's destroying innovation. Uh, it's having to be built into the business models. Look, you can have an offline, uh, like an off-phone product. Um, and I watched the video, actually. I watched the intro to Hey. But the first thing I was like, has this got an iPhone app? Because it, the demo was all based on the on the by the browser. I was like, because if this doesn't have an iPhone app, I'm not going to use it, right? I, I'm on Spark right now. Bingo. But I was like, Bingo. I want uh, hey looks cool. So I'll join I'll join it. And if you're not in the iPhone, it's just it's it's not feasible. You don't but exist. there are other but there's other companies like Tinder. Like Tinder is iPhone only pretty much, right? It's app only. Right. So they don't have a choice. Yes. 30% of I'm assuming 30% of their entire well I don't know what goes on with, with Google on the Google App Store, but Via Apple, 30% is just straight to Apple. And that sucks. I mean, that that is a shakedown. And it's funny you mentioned Tinder because the Match Group, which makes Tinder and runs Tinder, just joined Spotify as part of their complaint to the EU that this is completely anti-competitive, that Apple is abusing their monopoly, the App Store is charging usury rates, and that something should be done, which that was the irony of all this. Could Apple really have picked a more brazen timing Literally, when they announced our uh, denial from the App Store and they gave us the shakedown letter was when the EU announced two separate investigations into monopoly abuses around the App Store. And they focused on two specific things. One, that Apple controls all access for software loaded onto iPhones and that that's a problem in and of itself. And two, because they have that gatekeeper access, they can charge these outrageous fees for payment processing. And that the latter is proof 
that they have a monopoly. If there was actually competition here, if you could get software onto the iPhone in a different way, we wouldn't be in this problem. And you know what's funny? Apple has another platform exactly like this. It's called the Mac. When we were looking at developing the Hey Native app for the Mac, we were faced with that same dilemma. Either go through the Mac store and, and, and pay the piper, or just distribute software on the side. And we went like, well, we're just going to distribute software on the side. Your deal is no good, and we can say no because we can distribute software for the Mac externally. If that was possible with the iPhone, it'd be much less of an issue. It'd still be an issue, but it'd be much less of an issue. At least you would have choice. That is ultimately what we're just asking for here. Give us the choice to say no to your deal. It's not a deal if we can't say no. It's a demand. And if it's a demand, you're not a business partner. You're a gangster. Well, there's, I think there's a third thing as well I've noticed they do, which I think is also shitty. I mean, they obviously have the data on all the innovation of new apps coming out. And when anything, when anyone does anything right, like innovative and cool, they end up just building their own version totally. and then deploy it, deploying it as part of the iOS. Um, I've actually got a folder. I've got a folder on my iPhone which says Apple, where I just put all their apps I can't delete in there. Oh, yeah, because you can't delete some of them as well, right, which is bullshit right, as well. Right. So and yeah, that's look, the thing. They have these huge advantages just from the fact that they control the platform. They control the default apps. They control the system features. They've been Sherlocking, as the term is, uh, these apps left and right, where they essentially destroy these apps' ability to live. I gave testimony in front of the U.S. House of Congress uh, mm-hmm. early this year. To my left was a representative from Tile. Tile makes a little hardware device that allows you to find your bag and, and other things through Bluetooth. Tile had to share all sorts of business data, upcoming product data with Apple to be in their store and to have access to all these things. And now the rumor is Apple has taken essentially all that proprietary information and gone like, hey, that's a nice business. We should just take it. And if they do, um, they haven't announced this product yet, but that's the rumor. If they do, then what is Tile going to do? If Apple starts selling Apple tiles or whatever it is, Tile is out of business. It's profoundly unfair. This is one of those things that uh, Elizabeth Warren had been focused on in the past where you can't both run the store and then also have your own products in the store that you're advantaging when that store is a monopoly. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are house brands and other things. If you run like sort of one of many, many stores, then it's a completely different situation, which is the counterintuitive thing that most people don't understand about monopolies. Different rules apply. Once you're a monopoly, once you have this gatekeeper access, there are new obligations to how you run your business. Microsoft 1999 couldn't just cut off the air supply to Netscape because they have had a monopoly in operating systems. That's why they got the Department of Justice on their case. This is what antitrust is about that there's a new set of rules that apply once you have a dominant position so that we don't end up with just like a handful of companies controlling everything. Yeah. Well, look, we, th- this is the point, though. We've been through all this before with Microsoft. It's exactly the same scenario. And I Apple think Apple has I know... been on the receiving end. Apple has yeah. been in the receiving end of Microsoft. If you go back to 1999 or 98, Apple was on their last legs, right? And one of the things that helped save that company was that Microsoft did two things, in part because antitrust was breathing down their neck. They invested $400 million into Apple, and they promised that they were going to release the Internet Explorer and Microsoft Office, two dominant packages at the time, for the Mac. 
We might never have had the iPhone if Microsoft had not been forced by antitrust regulators to do things like that or felt that they needed to do things like that. Antitrust is absolutely imperative for us to have a tech ecosystem that continues to involve with innovation. I'll make one last point on that. The mail app, which comes pre-installed, how much innovation do you think that's seen in the past 10 years? Like, is it just bristling with new ideas? Is it like full of new innovation? Is it, are people super excited about all the new things you can do in the mail app? No, they're not. Because this is what happens when you have a monopoly. Innovation completely halts. When Microsoft captured a monopoly with the Internet Explorer at one point reaching 95% of market share on Internet browsers, they disbanded the team. Literally, we went, we won. Why should we bother make it any better? Like, no one's going to go anywhere. This is where Apple is right now. They can go like, eh, mail app. It's pre-installed. Like, where are people going to go? Let's put our efforts into something else. Yeah, but that's why we have Superhuman, we have Hay, we have Spark. You know, we yes. have all these people trying new things because the, the their mail app does suck. I mean, I haven't used it for years now. I, I'm on Spark. Like I say, I'm gonna once I get to the top of the. Uh, actually, I'm gonna twist your arm to get me to the top of Hay because I want to have a play with it. But but that, that's why we have it. I think there's another thing going on here as well, right? So I was reading about the EU investigation this morning, and the thing the thing I've bolded in my list of notes, David, is this will take years to resolve. Right. That's why they don't that, give a fuck. That is why they don't give a fuck. Because by the time the fireman shows up, the house burned down and there are weeds growing all over the grounds. We will be long gone before there's any legislative action that's going to provide us relief. So that's why, we, I mean, I really like that this is going on. Um, I'm glad that regulators are finally doing something about it. I spoke in front of Congress six months ago. I've spoken with the Department of Justice in the U.S. as well. But you know what? I, whatever that good is going to do, it's going to be like the next generation. Like if Apple chooses in their soul an absolute power to squash us now, there's literally nothing we can do but take it. And that's what also just feels so heartbreaking about this. Like I'm an Apple fan. Mm-hmm. I've been using Apple products for 20 years. I've been an Apple evangelist for 20 years. We want to like Apple. They don't have to do this. They don't have to squash the people who are helping them build this compelling ecosystem that makes the iPhone such a great product. Right? I mean, it's a like great if the product, iPhone right? was just like Apple's own apps, as you say, if the iPhone was just the only mail app you could get on the iPhone was like mail.app, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as great of a product. The Apple iPhone is great because there's a million wonderful apps, millions of wonderful apps, created by independent, often small software makers. Apple should be thanking us for the work that we're doing for the platform, not trying to abuse us, not trying to shake us down. It's just obscene. Well, one of the things I like about Apple, and I've never been able to get on with an Android phone, is because it it feels like that one unified experience, like the whole thing's thought right. through, whereby if they open up the platform, you have risks of it not having that feeling anymore. Look, and I get that, and I actually support some of the closed nature of their App Store. Look, we um, I, I've built an app before, an old business I had. And we used TestFlight, and we went through the approval process. And I, I didn't mind that in that a lot of the junk, you know, you get rid of a lot of the junk and the scams. I agree. But, but the 30%, it, I mean, it's a racket. It is a shakedown, like you've said. But I, look, I, I'm sure if they did like 5%, which is way above credit card fees, they'd right. have got away with that. You'd have paid 5%, maybe oh, 10 yeah. but but 30 
yeah, that's the thing. I mean, credit cards, if you had gone like, well, we're going to charge twice what credit cards do, three times, four times, right? You're going like 10%. I'd be like, all right, that's a little oh. stiff. But on the other hand, like they do these things, they do this thing. They're in this and, and we're refusing to pay because it's just so obscene. I don't even mm. think if, if you could go to the mafia, right? Like what's the shakedown fee on like mainstream <laughs> if, if you own a butcher somewhere in, in southern Italy? I don't think it's 30%. Because the mafia would go like, you know what? That's just too predatory. We're going to run the butcher out of business if we charge 30%. So, I don't know. Maybe our rate is 15% or 10% or something like that. It's like tithe. Um, Apple just goes like, no. Fuck those guys. 30%. <laughs> yeah, but like, there was a consistency there, right? I mean, I was looking at the, um, I was looking at their terms. So, the you talked about the 3.1.1. There's a 3.1.3a, which protects reader apps. So things like Kindle are protected. I've also noticed that you did your own chart where different apps are different ways, but they also they don't charge Deliveroo and Uber a percentage right either. Right. So there's no consistency here. It's like where and, and, can, where can we get away with it? So 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 this is what's so fascinating. Not only is there no consistency in their written rules, right? Like literally the exception that they quote for Kindle and Netflix is that they're reader apps. I don't know. I mean, we're stretching the word reading a little bit when it applies to like watching Netflix shows, but it does not apply to reading email. Right? Like, how is an email app less of a reader than the Netflix is? Okay, that's the first thing. They've tortured the language, right? Because they're just they're just putting these exceptions in. One of the other exceptions is if you make education classroom software, like what? Like, how is this just filled of, like, whatever lobbying efforts that they feel like, eh, all right, educational classroom software, we're going to put that in there. But let's just even take that aside, that the rules as written are just full of these nonsensical definitions and um, priorities where you just go, like, eh, this doesn't make any sense. They don't even follow those. They don't even follow what they wrote down. Why bother writing it down when you're rule of law really is just case-by-case basis as we see fit. They could have written that, right? And then that would have been Mm -hmm. far more accurate when we can look at cases where we don't even have to compare ourselves to Netflix. We can just compare ourselves to the other email apps in the App Store and go like, half of them, including huge ones like Gmail and Outlook and whatever, are not subject to these things. We have our own other app. Like, our main (laughs) business, um, Basecamp, is, is on the same thing. You go like, This doesn't make any sense. And this is the key point. Everyone keeps trying to make sense. There's got to be a logical explanation for this. Um, Maybe we didn't read the fine print somewhere. Um, If you read this, there's... No, 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 no. There is no sense here. Because Apple doesn't need for it to make sense. They don't need for it to be consistent. They have power. This is what it comes down to. They can do whatever they want, whenever they want, so they do. This is... I mean... One of the most famous axioms here is like power corrupts. Absolutely, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. This is that. They have absolute power and they've gotten absolutely corrupted by it. So what's going to happen now? Like, what are you going to do about this? What can other people do? What can I do? What can everyone do to help support this? Because this is obviously bullshit, right? We love tech. I love tech. You love tech. You know, we all want innovation. We all want, we, you know what? We want these small little companies of like two guys in their bedroom or their garage or with their $200,000 of seed money. We want them to be successful, right? Yes. We really want them. Apple's going to be fine. So what can we do? And, you know, what are you going to do? It's hard. Well, what we're going to do is we're not going to shut up and we're not mm-hmm. going to pay. So that's the first rule here is that even if Apple solves Apple. this... 
<laughs> even if Apple solves this for us today, right? Which I don't know. I don't think they're going to. But let's just say they think they don't need the heat right now with uh, different investigations going on. They find some other ways of being inconsistent, and 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 we're fine. Okay. Well, that's great for for the customers of of Hey, but that doesn't solve the issue. This isn't just about us. My Twitter DMs and my email is blowing up with mm-hmm. stories of other small independent software makers getting bullied and abused in the same way, but not wanting to speak out. They don't want to get on Apple's bad side because Apple is then going to squash him, right? Like they literally, Apple literally hold these people's livelihoods in their hands. They cannot afford, again, literally, as in money, they cannot afford to piss Apple up. So they stay quiet and they just take it. Well, we're not going to do that in part because we have the privilege not to do that. We run a otherwise successful business that is not wholly dependent on Apple through Basecamp. So we can fund sort of uh, this outrage a bit, and we're going to. We're going to push it all the way. I'm speaking with the House subcommittee uh, team later today. I'm speaking with the Department of Justice tomorrow. We're trying to make a big of, as big of a ruckus about this as we possibly can to shine a light on it such that at least everyone knows what Apple is doing. And then, ironically, practically, we're telling everyone, hey, if you might want our new email service, hey, you should download the app now. I don't know how much longer it's going to be available, but presumably Apple is not going to reach into everyone's devices and then delete the app off their phones. That would be wild. I mean, actually, I wouldn't put it past them, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. So if you download the app now, you at least have the app. It's a great app. And whether you decide to get the service now or, or tomorrow, maybe Apple would think twice if there was like 100,000 people who had downloaded the app, right? Um, they'd mm-hmm. probably go like, you know what? This isn't just a fly we can smash with no consequences. Like, they're at least going to squeal as we, as we smash them. And perhaps we don't want to listen to that. The other irony here is that Apple is just about to do the WWDC conference for developers, right? Yeah. Isn't the whole point of that conference like, hey, we're celebrating small independent developers. Look at all the new APIs we have out. These are all the great apps that you can make. Like, do you know what? It's wonderful. New APIs, they're, they're great. But Apple, please, take a goddamn second to look at your abusive policies and fix them. I guarantee you that the developer community would cheer for that like nothing else. No new API will come close to what reforms of these abusive policies would mean. That we don't have to live and develop software in fear that after we've spent millions of dollars or years of effort, Apple is just going to capriciously deny us on a case-by-case basis with no consistency, with no respect for precedence, with no opportunity for us to guess which way it's going to go. You, de- you approve us one day, you deny us the next day. How can anyone live or work like that? Mm. Well, I don't think they'll ever get rid of their 30% and reduce that down. I could see them kind of relaxing the rules around what you've done. Yeah, give give you the choice. choice. You've had that before, and it's worked. And we all know the game. Well, perhaps that's what it is. That's because we all know the game now, right? You know, I know the game. If I get hay, I'm going to Well, we thought we did, right? Because the game was full of rules that weren't written down. We thought we knew all the unwritten rules, right? Uh But of course, they're unwritten rules, so Apple can change them whenever they want. And they just did. Yeah, 
but we knew the rules and perhaps that was what it was like i knew i would subscribe to hey just via the browser and i'd have it and perhaps everyone's got used to that i mean i, I don't know what's going on in there but like it's a shame i like their products um i don't like their sweatshops but i like their products i don't like their shakedown i do think it's bullshit but listen i support you i'm behind you um i'll do everything i can and look fingers crossed you get this sorted because it is absolute fucking bullshit and uh tim cook needs to get his shit together amen thank you so all right, much but all the best all with right. this Okay, so what did you think of that? Do you enjoy that show with David? I know it's a different show. I know we don't talk about Bitcoin, but sometimes there are subjects that kind of align with it that I want to get into. Now, listen, I have an iPhone, and I know that the single app store and tight controls over what can be listed in the app store does make for a better user experience. Also stops a lot of shitty kind of scammy apps getting in there, hopefully. But with this, I am on Basecamp side. Taking a 30% cut on Hayes revenue or forcing them to make people make an in-app purchase and take 30% Cut. I think it really is an abuse of the position, especially as the Apple Mail app is it's really shit. I don't use it anymore. I actually use Spark right now. So yeah, I think it's also a really shit option for software developers to face this 30% tax via the App Store, especially new and smaller companies where budgets are really tight. And, and also because Apple doesn't face this and Apple can preload the phone with their own apps, which are competitors to other ones. It just feels like a bit of a shitty position. It actually feels like it ruins competition. You know, the free market is always about better competition. It actually feels like this destroys competition in certain areas. So it will be interesting to see what Apple does in relation to this case, as it is bringing a lot of attention to the monopolistic power that they get to wield. And also we do have these EU antitrust cases going on at the moment, but they're going to take years. It's such a ball lake that they take so long. Anyway, this is a bonus show. I just wanted to get this out there. I wanted you to hear it. I wanted you to hear from David. If you've got any questions or feedback, you can get in touch. My email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. Outside of that, enjoy the rest of your weekend and I will catch up with you soon.